Do you live your life rock boat to rock boat? If so, then welcome aboard the Boatcast, the podcast for rock boaters by rock boaters. Ladies and gentlemen, from Molata and the Humble, please welcome Jordan. Welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. How you guys Heck doing? Heck yeah. Doing pretty well. How are you doing, man? So we understand you're from the Philly area. Are you a Birds fan? Actually, uh, I am the one exception in the in the band. I grew up uh, in New Jersey and then moved okay. over to, uh, to Pennsylvania when I was about 10 years old. So I grew up a New York fan, so I've caught okay. a lot of grief from... Uh, Philly fan <laughs> all throughout my life. I love the city. I don't root for the team, but I got respect for them, you know. So I was watching with 20 Bird fans last night, living living the ups and downs with them. They're, oh, that was a fun game to watch. Yeah, this is a rough This is a rough day for us. <laughs> Definitely. We're all Bird fans. Yeah. Feel that. So uh, Rock Boat, you know, what was that like for you? It was a wild experience. People tried to prepare us for like what it was going to be like, but uh, I think until you're actually there and experience it, uh, you don't, you can't really get a full grasp. Um, by the end of it, we were all just dead. Half of us had didn't have voices. I was the one that didn't lose my voice this time for once, so that was cool. Um, but we were warned about that too. Should every year somebody somebody cancels it, get upset or has to move it or something because. Um, Everybody's just partying, floating, floating party. Um, and the withdrawal afterwards is just like, it's wild. Because you live in that, you know, that world. You're so closed off for that, for those five days or whatever it is. And it, it's it's such an interesting experience. I can't really equate it to much else. You know, we've played festivals before, but it's not confined to a cruise like that, where you're just living in that, in that world with, not only the other artists, but also the, the folks that, you know, are there to see all the shows. So it was, it was, just, it was really interesting. And a lot of fun. What, what was some of the advice or maybe some of the advice that you got before getting on the boat or what, or how did you guys like prepare prior to getting on the boat for that? Um, yeah, a lot of the advice was just kind of like, um, being really uh, entrenched and in, in, ingrained in, in the uh, sort of the culture of it and being open open to meeting a ton of people and the fans. Um, you know, we're a baby band. <clears throat> we don't take ourselves too seriously. So we were hanging out with people in the casino and we went pretty hard every night and met a lot of amazing people. Um, so it was, it was fun to kind of um, to see just how much everybody on that boat loves it and how welcoming they are to new artists, how much they can just latch on to an artist if they love them and, you know, love, love when bands keep coming back. Um, that, that was kind of the main advice. Just, just be open to it and be ready to have a good time. Meet a lot of people. We, we sure did. You know, what was it like? Sometimes it's, (laughs) it can be like nerve wracking for some artists and some bands. What was it like for you? when you were performing in the atrium or I think you also played in Spinnaker at one point. Yeah. Um, what was it like 
to get onto a boat with like 1,500 people that you've never really met before. I'm sure you've met a few of them uh, prior to the mm-hmm. boat, but getting up there and people like yelling your songs back to you while you're performing, what, what was that like? I love seeing that all, all over the country. We're lucky enough we start seeing that now. And, and I was also told how ravenous that fan base is and that once they see you're booked on the boat, they'll come out and see you. So, so we actually had met some people previous nights we played you know uh jacksonville tampa and orlando leading up but we've met people all across the country who who said hey we're going to come see you on the rock boat this year detroit i remember um some other places across the country so it's, it's always wild seeing people that will travel to come come see you and then it's kind of nice that they just have to walk from their you know their uh <laughs> whatever those little rooms just to come see you on the boat you don't have to go far i was on a scooter the whole time with a bum ankle couldn't saw that so it was actually the best place i could possibly be <laughs> on a scooter it was very navigable uh, a lot of a lot of elevator trips but um it made it we made it work nice so you're on the boat you i think you guys had a performance um on monday thursday and i think you had a at least one day off or two but what did you what did you see yourself doing in those off days when you weren't performing? Uh, catching up on sleep. <laughs> that was me, at least. Uh, I didn't. So I didn't get off the boat because of my situation, my mobility, or lack thereof. So I just kind of kicked it, um, and the guys uh, explored a little bit. I would have loved to get off and explore some of those places I've never been, but um, I found myself just kind of hanging around and catching other artists if I could, and. Um, it was always nice to just be up on the pool deck and see whoever was coming on. I I accidentally caught some sets where I was just blown away. Truesdale, Charles yeah. Yeah. Truesdale. Um, yep. Did not did not was not aware of them and just was like, what is going on here? Their harmonies were unbelievable. I think I cried. Um, so you get some stuff like that where I was I was just kind of literally rolling around and just seeing that uh, who who was playing what stage and just kind of. Uh, being open to you know whatever set I was going to catch, you know that's that's awesome, Jordan. That that should be like the number one piece of advice for any new band, artist, or fellow boater that's going on for the first time. Is that right there? A lot of people like to schedule and plan, which is fine, each their own. But uh, sure, it's it's those random moments where you walk onto a set and you're just like, oh shit, I didn't even know who. What is this? Totally. Yeah, just catches your ear. There, there's there's a beauty to not knowing a band before seeing them live. It can make or break your experience. You know, I've, I've gone to shows, I'm like, okay, yep, not for me. And I've gone to shows where I'm like, whoa, I'm going to go home and listen to every record. Put out. You know, and I love that when we, when we play and people have never seen us before. I don't expect anybody to know what they're getting, in, you know, what they're in for. So when it does hit with somebody and they're like, man, I didn't know you guys, but that was awesome, and now I'm going to follow you guys. That, that's what it's all about. Did you have any opportunity after the performances to um, mingle with the rock butters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were, um, and the staff was awesome. All the guys that were working the stages were great, so we made friends with them. Um, and like I said, we were in the casino. We pretty much closed down the casino just about every night. So, <laughs> um, we made it worth our while. Probably, probably lost all the money we made. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, but no, it was it was a blast. You, you'd be yeah, you'd be hanging with people that saw you, 
either the day before or earlier in the night and um got to got to chat with a lot of people it was awesome i like i it, like i said it was so cool to be sort of confined to that and um seeing the same people night after night and then you know sort of recognizing them from the from the previous hangs or whatever and it was fun made a lot of friends and i you know you've you guys have played all over and you know what was it was it neat to see how respectful because there's some artists that come on and they and and they're inherently nervous about the basically the there's not really a divider between artist and fan um were you surprised by the amount of respect that the voters have for the artists and not getting up all in their business sure yeah um like I said, we're we're much lesser known band, but I noticed that even with you know some of the bigger acts that were walking around, you know we're all eating in the same little restaurants and the same cafeteria and everything, and um, everybody was really cool. If they wanted to have a little conversation, they'd have a conversation, but nobody was ever hounding you. Um, I've always enjoyed, you know, I don't, I don't envy the the artists and the bands that can't go and talk to people i don't envy justin bieber because he can't leave his house i feel bad for that dude yeah i don't you know it's it's uh it comes with the territory of getting that big um but at the end of the day that dude is a human we all are so just like i'm always just like just talk to me (laughs) it's not it's not a big deal let's just let's just talk i'm here you're here we're the same you know that's all and then they were very good about that on the boat i had some great conversations over lunch and people welcoming you, you know, cause I was, I was on my own on the days that the dudes were getting off the boat. <laughs> Got down with them people later and had lunch with them. And it was awesome. So, you know, professionally speaking, when you see a stage like Spinnaker and a stage like the atrium, what is one thing that you look for when you're have like, I guess, like, how do you prepare for those two different types of settings? Because acoustically, they're completely yeah. different. Totally different. I don't think you can. I walked in and finished it. I was like, I've never played a room like this ever. It, it, it's something out of the Jetsons. Yeah, you know I mean, it's like, it looks a million years old and also a million years in the future. Um, it's so cool. Um, I liked I liked that room. The thing with Spinnaker is that you're sitting back at those tables. It's like a completely different venue, sound-wise. Once you get up in the mix, then it's like, oh, it is loud up here. But it is nice that you can kind of sit back and save your ears and maybe have, a, you know, a quiet conversation in the back. And then if you wanted to get into the mix, you'd go right up front. Spinnaker didn't bode well for me sitting down. I don't think you could see see me yeah. from uh, from much further than the first row. But other than that, um, I, I saw probably four or five other bands in Spinnaker. I really liked going there. Atrium was tough uh, acoustically just because it kind of just goes out. into It's like playing Mall of America. Uh, it, just, it just like kept going so you're you're trying to play with the reflections you know i I love playing indoors for those reasons you play out outside and sometimes it's like oh we feel it sounds like we're so small and like you know losing all the reverb trails and all that stuff um but the atrium i thought had a really good energy about it because you, you have to pass through there um yeah. so you constantly have people just kind of um you know, you have a crowd assembling and then somebody else starts playing. So it kind of fades out for a bit and you might have other people coming in, catching your, um, the end of your set, which as an artist is a, an adjustment. You know, it, I, by the end of it, I was like, all right, don't start with 
the ones we normally start with. I want to put them in the middle of the set because yeah. that is a part of it when people are constantly trying to catch these other bands and trying to squeeze as much into the schedule as possible. I get it, but it's just uh, kind of an odd feeling to watch people like either um, slowly file out or uh, or three minutes before you play, there's nobody there. And then by the time you hit your second note, everybody is filled in. Um, so it's an adjustment, but we've played... The only thing I can compare this to, and I keep saying this, if you guys are familiar with Mile of Music, yeah, it is in Appleton, Wisconsin, yeah, and it, it's just, it's literally a, a square mile, and they set up like 75 venues or something. Ian, who works for Six Man, he books it. Yeah. Um, and he's a buddy of ours, too. He's had us on there a few times. But the, the community and just like that kind of feeling of, of, all right, how many bands can we catch in a day? You know, it is confined, not quite to a boat but uh it feels kind of similar and and people are just as just as uh gung-ho about that festival which they should be it's awesome you know it's uh, that's that's great insight and it's funny because the insight kind of trickles down to the rock putter too i think because this is the first time this year that i felt odd trying to slowly leave a set from Mm. a band to go to another one and I'm not like the smallest guy, so if I start to move, people are gonna notice it, and I'm just like, "Oh crap!" Like, ah, and it's it is so yeah. It's uh, that's really. I thought I was the only one like trying to like feel that, but it's neat to. Now we can see you, man. All right, <laughs> we can see good, you. Yep, good to know. <laughs> I'm I'm like the I'm like the same way. I'm like, what are they thinking up there? So it's nice to kind of hear like your aspect of you know trying to get used to that, but also have the understanding of sure all all the other activities kind of going on. A lot going on in that boat, yeah. And I got to say, for this being your first boat, a lot of insight, a lot of thought going into the different venues and the song selection. So I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Thanks, man. So you've, you know, you guys have played at a number of festivals uh, in the States and in Europe. And, you know, different festivals have, you've probably seen some doozies you know, with far as like stage management and production, sure. what was your experience like working with uh, the people at, over at Six Man and, and with Hazel and the boat crew? And I know you had slightly touched on it, but yeah, yeah. Oh man, they're great. Um, it they're so it's such a well-oiled uh, operation. Just like to have it, they have us drop our gear. You know, they load it onto the boat, and then it's just labeled and numbered. And basically, you don't have to bring it to the stage. It just shows up there for you whatever amount of time before sound check and then the other gear goes out your rider comes in you know the drinks the snacks set up it was i had absolutely no beef with and anything those guys did it was honestly such a joy working with them and then we were just kicking it with them because you have some time you know before um between sound check and 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 your set and they were all great dudes and great ladies and out yeah i could not say enough about them they're great yeah, you know, it's it's always neat to hear artists' um, opinions on the flow of things, and we you know we just heard yours, and I know that there was another artist that we had spoke to, and they had said that they weren't ever used to their stuff just showing up on stage, and they were like kind of getting used to it, and they're like, we're gonna have to like hire someone. To, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, that's me with my foot injury. I haven't <laughs> been setting up. I couldn't set up any of my stuff. It's so awesome. Like, maybe I'll, I'll <laughs> do something else. 
I'll outsource. <laughs> Why do these guys keep carrying my stuff and setting all up? So let's switch gears here. You guys had a, a new single drop on February 3rd, correct? Mm-hmm. And what is the, you number one, and then you guys also have an album coming out next month, correct? Yep. yep. Yeah, that's and March 3rd. So can you tell the listeners, um, you know, your your creative process within the group? Sure. Yeah. Um, so that was the fit single that we released. We did uh, one every first Friday for five months. So they'll all be on the new record, which has 12 tracks. Most, most songs we've ever put out on an album. Uh, so we're excited about that. Um, the process often starts with me. Um, I'll demo something out or I'll have kind of the backbone skeletal structure, if you will, to a song. And then maybe we take it into the studio and start kicking it around. Or um, I might write a verse and a chorus, but the bridge is wide open. I'm like, here's how I kind of hear it going, but let's sit down with it. On this past um, album, uh, we did two little getaways to Airbnbs. There was, I mean, it was a COVID album and to get, inspired in our little uh philly row homes during the global pandemic got to be really difficult especially because we had just put out a record on march 6th of 2020 if you do the math a week before everything shut down wow so i was still and and we had you know national tour um that was scheduled and uh had to be canceled just like every other act but um i often i like living in the world of that album i like playing it live it's it, it that is part of the experience of that particular piece of work and for it to be released and then everything shut down it was like well now what do we do go back in the studio i wasn't ready wasn't ready to write another Molauta album i wasn't uh, i would i wasn't going to write a bunch of b-sides to something we just put out and i didn't even know where were we we were going to go with it with it being our fourth album and we the last thing we ever want to do is put out put out something that we've already done before. So I actually ended up doing a solo album, which is much more in like a folk realm, and it kind of scratched that itch. It was something I wanted to do for a long time. I got a lot of song ideas out that wouldn't have made sense from Olauda, and by the time we came back around, I was like, let's push ourselves and let's get out of the city. So we went to, um, we actually stayed at a, uh, a rock boaters um, uh, lake house in Virginia, Nice. Um, yeah, Brett, uh, they opened their home to us, and we stayed there for four days and just wrote. Um, and then we did another one in upstate New York, and it kind of um, allowed us to break out of that, that mindset and uh, execute some ideas that maybe wouldn't have happened if we were just kind of in our own in our own spaces that were just going through the same motions that we've always done, you know. So we make we make all our own records, which is also a huge part of it too. You you know, if you don't have that outside influence of another producer or writer, you kinda have to find it within yourself to stretch. And we certainly did. Nice. Yeah, that time that time that time was real tough. Like uh I, w- I too was in the city, like Rome, and just to see like a like a city that's always kind of everything is going on around you to it being basically a ghost town. And anybody's kind of like nobody's leaving their houses. It was yeah. really eerie and and really kind of like dark uh, for for a period of time there. 
totally. I mean, it was, and it was, it was the classic, you know, maybe not classic, it was kind of new territory, but the juxtaposition of, all right, I have all this time to write. I have all this time to work on music and I've got no inspiration because it's all outside the door. You know, there's this old Twilight Zone episode, trying to remember it correctly, but basically he, uh, this, this guy, he never, um, I think he's a teller at the bank and he never has enough time to read. He wants to read all these books, but he never finds the time. You remember this one? Nope. And uh, I think like an atomic bomb goes off while he's in the, the safe of the bank. So he survives and there's all this time. He finally has the time to read and I think his glasses break. Nope. So he, I kind of felt that way. I have all this time to write and I don't have my glasses or my tools or my inspiration to write about. I write songs uh, influenced by the road about, you know, or influenced by the people we meet and their stories. And I just felt like, all right, now what, what do I have to say? And I wasn't about to write pandemic songs. I couldn't do it. We have one that kind of touches on our, our experience of it. You know, us as, um, writers and artists and kind of the questioning of like, uh, how much of a setback will this be for us? You know, we, we've been fighting tooth and nail as an indie band for 10 years. And uh, that was a really scary time. I know so many bands that broke up, you know, because of it. Cause they just, they were like, all right, I got to get it. I got to get a real job. And um, I got to make this work. And luckily we, we had the means and the side gigs to make it all work um, and kind of push through it. But yeah, it was, it was wild. Public experience, for sure. Awesome insight. Thanks for, uh, you know, sharing all that. That's... Yeah, man. And it's yeah, great, too, because it's like story. you do you do all that all that hard, you know, all, all that hard work and all that, you know, labor of love for what you have such passion for, you and the other guys, and then you find yourself on a, you know, year, a couple of years later on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean, 30 other yeah. bands having the freaking time of your life yeah you know it's like i don't know it's just it's neat how how life works out sometimes and and now you guys Definitely. have a tour coming up yep yeah i mean we there's so many moments where we feel incredibly incredibly lucky to do what we do um we we were driving home from from florida and our van uh our van has had some issues we're gonna upgrade <laughs> vehicles soon but we were yeah. in a 15 passenger Ford van. So it took us a few days to get home from Florida, a couple mechanics, a couple stops, a couple breakdowns, two in one day. And we got to the hotel and uh, I just said to the guys, and we were playing poker, you know, at midnight on a Tuesday. I said, you know, regardless of what's happening with this van right now, look, we're playing poker with our buds midnight on a Tuesday. A lot of people would love to be doing that. You know, this is all part of what you sign up for um, and you just got to make the best of it. So anyway, hopefully we upgrade our vehicle by the time this next tour comes around. We don't have to cancel any shows because we're on the side of the highway waiting on a tow. Um, but yeah, we have uh, we have some some dates coming up supporting uh, the new record. Which I, anytime you have a batch of new songs, and you kind of I start making the set list, and it gets it gets me so excited. I start losing sleep and get giddy about how we're gonna transition songs and you know how we're gonna take the stage and all that stuff. Um, so that's kind of the phase we're in now. But I, we're going out with a band called Illiterate Light. If you guys are okay. familiar, they are, oh, man. Two-piece rock and roll band. Uh, they got two records out. They just put out a second one. One of our favorite bands. So the fact that we're linking with them now is just some, some real full circle. 
and, so, and, and, and pretty pumped. How does something like that work for for people who aren't in the music industry? How does how does that like a, like that kind of a relationship forge if you aren't like sure. you know, with you know deep personal friends with them already? Well, yeah, we've had some uh, connections with them, uh, kind of like second, third degree. I think our our, our uh, guitar player, keys player, Kirby, um, knows the brother of one of them well. So that's kind of how we got in in the first place and started the conversation. But it's funny, you watch these other bands that you're kind of always chasing around the country. You look at all the you know show flyers or the shows coming up at the place you're playing. And you're like, oh, they were here last night. Oh, they're playing the same place tomorrow. Okay, cool. You see these bands doing the same kind of cycles, and we've always loved their stuff, so we've just been trying to find a time that it made sense. And now with um, both of us putting out records, it just it lined up perfectly. Shows are selling well, and I honestly just selfishly cannot wait to watch them every night and then go on after. Um, there's, that provides so much. Um, just playing with great support bands or opening for bands that you love cannot say enough about how much that adds to just the the energy and, and the vibe in that room um and that's kind of what i'm most pumped about nice that's awesome and if people are listening and they didn't get a chance to see you on the boat this year because they either weren't on the boat or they had too many cocktails and they had to go to bed early <laughs> you know <laughs> things happen yeah, happens sure. to the best of them and uh where could people go to get tickets for your tour and and follow you guys on social media yeah um everything's just pretty much at mo lauda m-o-l-o-w-d-a um mo lauda.com uh you can find the tickets there that's first leg we're going through the midwest out to colorado and then kind of doubling back and down through the southeast a bit and then the second leg sometime in the fall we'll be doing the west coast we'll be doing the texas markets we're going to try for the southeast um and we'll hit some some midwestern ones that we're gonna try to do it all um you know it's it's always it's always a challenge um scheduling all that and and people want to you know without fail no matter what tour date you can post 400 tour dates someone's like what no uh so awesome. yeah like, yeah it's a thing <laughs> where were you at but and then also you know as you sell more and more tickets you got to space it out which i think some folks might not understand but Totally, I totally get it. Um, it's not a bad thing to have people commenting, wanting you to play their city, you know. Yeah. So, that's so much love for our fans. So, yeah, it's going to be a busy, busy year of touring um, and a lot of music coming out. we got some, some other uh, tricks up our sleeves as far as recordings that we'll be releasing and uh, just ready to live in this record and play these fall. Speaking of record, that vinyl looks pretty sick red vinyl and I, I love the yeah. artwork can you talk about the artwork sure yeah our our friend um jay he plays in this phenomenal band uh little bird um out of charleston we have kind of a home away from home in charleston our booking agency's out of there we got a ton of friends there um so he is a phenomenal musician in his own right uh but also a great graphic artist and we saw him around halloween and i was talking with him and he's like hey let me take a crack at the album art for this next one we started sending him demos, and uh, the jumping-off point was this Fontaine DC album cover. If you're familiar with them, they're British. No, Irish band. I think they're Irish, and they're they're popping off. We've we've just been really into them, but they have this really cool like blood red album cover, and um, I kind of just started seeing all these songs in this kind of red 
world and I and we were kicking around like ideas of what the focus of the album should be I think he threw a I don't know there was a, a lion or a tiger at first and I was like what about some vintage the vintage scuba thing always kind of stuck out to me don't know why always thought it looked cool somewhere between like a horror movie and uh <laughs> I don't know just, just it looked rad to me and so we just went through a bunch of different uh iterations of that until we kind of found this world that he had created and, and just kind of ran off of that. Now and we made sure to do the, uh, you know, the fold out jacket, um, sprung for it um, a little bit. And just to make sure that, you know, it's kind of a whole, uh, experience. The vinyl, the vinyl is such a charm to having the, you know, the, the real thing in your hands. And it, I think it adds so much to people's consumption of the album. And their collections. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, no doubt. Jordan, I want to thank you so much for finding some time to talk to us about your time. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Your new stuff coming up, your tour. And uh, I know that, um, at least for me in the Philadelphia area, I will, I'm going to try to get out to a show. So, yeah, come hang, man. Just let us know. We'll throw you on the list. Happy to. Awesome. Thanks, dude. For sure. Ed. Great talking to you guys. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you're in the passion. Your, your passion for music, man. Uh, this this episode it was it's been great, man. Just listening to, you know, how dedicated to, you are to, to your craft and and everything that everything you think about that goes behind every little Thanks, thing man. you do. It's great. I think that comes with uh, being a, an indie artist. For so long we just have to think about all of that. We uh, we've been our own managers for years. Now we have a phenomenal one, but um, I think. We might be just a, maybe too thoughtful sometimes as, as far as the inner workings of how it all goes. And maybe we should just focus on being artists at some point. But you got to know you got to know the ins and outs to make it work because it is not it is not an easy industry. We're still we're still trying to climb it, you know. So, but I appreciate you picking up on that. For sure. Well, Jordan, thank you so much, man. Cheers, guys. Great. Take talk, care. Jordan. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thank you.